0: Happy Mother's Day. Listen, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers who are watching online and who are in uh, the room. Uh, You are so appreciated, and I just want to say, say a special acknowledgement to a couple of of mothers that are special to me. My mother, who is most likely watching online, and if you're on Facebook, she's going to start commenting now how much she loves me in response to that, but I love you, mom, and my mother-in-law, who is watching in Arkansas. Happy Mother's Day uh, to you. You are loved, and then to my bride on stage here, uh, Adrienne, happy Mother's Day. I love you. Uh, listen, moms, there's no way we could ever in one day be able to adequately say how much we appreciate you. But um, we do appreciate you and you are a gift to our life. You are a, a treasure uh, to our communities and uh, you, you are uh, just one of the most precious, precious um, gifts God has ever given us to uh, enjoy and experience. So I just want to say uh, to all of the moms in here, you know, we think about your value and your worth and, and all of those things, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but um, when you th- start talking about a monetary value on what maybe a mom is worth and all the things she does, you, you really can't put a price tag on it, but salaries.com did and uh, salaries.com actually did an inventory when you look at all the things that moms do for their families. They came up with a dollar amount. They say uh, this is what you would have to compensate a mother if you were to pay her for the things that she does. And the number is uh, seven one hundred and seventy-eight thousand All right, so $178,000. We have it on the screen here. It's not on the screen. That's that's the number, $178,000. Some of you mothers in the room are like, I need a raise right now. And these are the 2019 uh, numbers. These aren't even the numbers uh, that are, are now including the homeschool that all our moms are doing at home. And so I think it's an easy 200 plus now that moms should be compensated. And all the moms in the room and watching online should say amen to that, right? Uh, Well, listen, we just wanted to say happy Mother's Day to you. Moms, you are such a blessing to our lives. But I am joined, as you can see here uh, on stage, with some of the most incredible godly women and mothers uh, that are a part of our church family. Uh, This is the, the pastors, our executive wife pastors here. Uh, that uh, have joined me today Uh, these are some of the most precious women Uh, greatest gift God has given uh, new beginnings and so thank you ladies for uh, joining us you guys can put your hands together and thank uh, them for joining us on stage and uh, so they're basically up here to make sure that my Mother's Day sermon is on point. And when it's not, they'll kick me off the stage. That's why they're here. No, seriously, I want to bring a special message for mothers today. I want to be able to bring a, a message of encouragement to all of our moms who are watching, who are present with us today. And, uh, and then toward the end of my sermon, we're going to get really practical. And I'm going to be asking you. Ladies for Wisdom because the truth is I've never been a woman a day in my life And so as I talk about womanhood uh, and motherhood and all of those things I thought I could get some experts up here to help us with this So uh, in a moment you'll be able to hear from uh, the ladies that are on uh, stage with us So grab your Bibles if you would, let's go to Proverbs 31 Proverbs 31, I want to talk about what it means to be a greater woman And we're going to see in a moment why uh, this subject is the subject we're going to be looking at. Proverbs 31. I uh, really want to have a, just a special message for our mothers where we can glean some wisdom from God's word on what it means to be a greater woman. Proverbs 31 is a very familiar passage of Scripture to so many uh, of our mothers and and, and ladies, when we talk about moms, typically we're going to run to Proverbs 31 and look at some of the qualities. And I really feel like today, uh, the things we're going to look at uh, are going to be encouraging to our ladies in the room. And the truth is, the, the principles we're going to draw from this passage of scripture is not limited just to ladies. That we're going to see that the principles that we're going to see in the text this morning are going to be applicable to every single follower of Jesus. So Proverbs 31. If you're there, say I'm there. Verse 25 says this. It says strength. And dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Now listen to this. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also. He praises her. Many women have done excellency. Uh, Excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is in vain. Uh, But woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works be praised. At the gates. Now, this is an incredible passage of scripture, but there's one phrase that I want us to lean into, and this is where we really get the subject or the title of the sermon today, The Greater Woman. Look what he says in verse 29. There's a phrase here that's incredibly powerful. He says, Many women have done excellently, many women have done excellently. In other words, many women have really been successful. This is the point. Many women have excelled in womanhood and motherhood and and just being a champion for their families. But then he says this, the latter part of this, he says, but you, you surpass them all. So in other words, he's saying to this woman here, he's like, hey, hey, there's a lot of women who have been successful, but there's something about you, the woman he's describing in Proverbs 31 that says, but you, you surpass all of them. You, 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 you excel or you exceed every single one of them. The word surpass here is a word that literally means to be greater than or to be a one who excels above, who rises above. In other words, this woman stands out among her peers, but not just her peers, her successful peers. Those that are around her, this woman is one that people look to and say there's something special about this lady right here. She surpasses them all. So I want to talk about what it means to be a greater uh, woman. So there's a couple of qualities here that you see in the text here that gives reason for the writer of Proverbs to say that she surpasses them all. And I want to mention these three qualities and kind of highlight them, walk through them, and then we're going to have a conversation of what this looks like practically in everyday life. But in essence, what we're going to highlight this morning, if you think about your life, the three areas that we're going to highlight this morning really is the summation of all of our lives. We're going to look at this woman's walk, we're going to look at this woman's word, and we're going to look at this woman's work. We're going to see how she lives, what she says, and what she does, which really summarizes the entirety of all of our lives. And so as we think about this, whether you're a woman or not in the room, whether you're a mother or not in the room, I want you to think about your walk, your word, and your work and see the qualities of this godly woman that sets her apart in society. Here's three things I want to give you. First of all, write this down if you're taking notes. She exhibits godliness in her walk. She exhibits godliness in her walk. This is how this woman lives. When we talk about the walk, we're talking about the way in which a person lives, the character. You see, a lot of people can have talk, but their walk doesn't match up. And and, and really, when you look at someone's lifestyle, it's a reflection of the true nature of who that person is, regardless of what they say. And what we're going to see in this text is that this woman is a godly woman. She has godly character. There is a godly walk that she walks every single day. Look what it says in verse 25. Listen to the description of her life. It says that strength and dignity are her clothing. Now, it's interesting, the imagery here that's given. When you think about clothing, what do you think of? You think of exterior, right? This is just something that covers the body. This is an external thing. Uh, but he says that clothing, strength and dignity are her clothing. Why is he using this picture? It's because the clothing, the things that a person wears, is the first thing you notice about them, right? It's a thing that stands out about them. And so so many people getting ready to go to work every day or coming to church or whatever it might be, you're you're, going to put your clothes on, you're going to think about uh, preparing yourself to be presented to those around you. Why? Because the first thing that's noticed about you is what? It's the external adorning, your clothing, the things that you put on. And this is what the writer of Proverbs is saying. He's saying, when you think about this woman, when you look at her life, it's not the external adorning of her clothes that you notice. It's the internal condition of her heart that is revealed in the way that she lives. That what stands out about her is the internal quality of character, of godliness. And he gives some descriptions here of what that clothing is, that godliness is. There's three little descriptions he gives. The first is he says that she's strong, that strength is her clothing. The word strong here is is a word in, in the Old Testament that is oftentimes, most oftentimes, this specific word in the Hebrew language is used. It's used in referring to the strength of the Lord. Oftentimes you'll see a phrase say, the Lord is a strong tower. It's the same Hebrew word used here in Proverbs 31 to describe this godly woman. Here is what in essence is being said here this woman walks with a godlike character there's a godlike strength in her that this is a woman that when she faces adversity when there's struggles in her life her roots are so deeply founded in who Jesus is she is strong and she's able to weather the storms of life not because she is strong in and of herself but because the foundation of her life is resting wholly on the Lord. This is a woman with an unbelievable confidence of faith in, in who God is and what he does in her life. There's a strength that's there. It says, listen, does it doesn't mean that when the, the, the struggles of life come that she doesn't get discouraged or at times uh, wonder, you know, hey, uh, how is all of this going to turn out? But here's what this woman does in the midst of the storm. She turns to the one who is her strength. She runs to the strong tower. And finds a strength in the Lord that she cannot possess in and of herself. This is the godliness of this woman. Here's the second phrase. It says dignity. The word dignity. This word dignity is another word that I think is fascinating in the Hebrew language. It could be translated respect. It could be translated um, to value or self-respecting. It could be translated honor. But it also, check this out, this word can also be translated majesty or majestic. Here is the picture. This word is also a word that is used most often in the, New, in the Old Testament to refer to God's majesty. So it's using another God like characteristic. describe this woman's life that her walk is majestic there is dignity there is self-respect that she has where does this come from well she's rooted and she's grounded in who God is and because she's rooted in who God is her confidence and identity isn't found in what she does but rather who God is her identity is found in Jesus you see, this is what you see in this woman's life, that when you encounter her, you recognize immediately this is a woman who walks with Jesus. Why? Because the glory of Jesus radiates from her life. The majesty of Jesus comes out of her. This is where she finds value and honor and respect and dignity. I think it's interesting that we live in a culture today that really, uh, and I think there's some, some good Parts of what we're seeing in cults in regards to elevation of women in our society, more of awareness of abuse, more of awareness of the struggles that women face often in our society. The problem is, is that oftentimes the things that we encourage women to do to get the respect and the dignity that they're longing for are actually things that strip them of their respect and of their dignity. But a godly woman, a woman who has a walk with God, whose whose identity is rooted in Christ, there is a a dignity and there is a respect that you see in them and that you want to give to them because they understand that who they are is not found in what they do, but rather in who they belong to. They walk with Jesus and their identity is found in him. Therefore, there is a, a glory, a majesty in the walk of this woman. Here's the third thing it says. It says that she laughs at the time to come. So there's strength. This is the clothing. Dignity. This is the clothing. And then there's this expression of life. This is how you define this woman's walk. Man, this woman is so unshakable in her faith. There is so much confidence in her identity in the Lord that in her present life there is joy. And when she looks into the future, there is confidence. Man, this is an amazing, amazing woman. There is a genuine joy. She laughs at the time to come. Here's what I've noticed through the years. Here's what I know. I know that you can find people who are happy and joyful who are not godly. But I'll tell you this. I've never met a godly person that wasn't also joyful and happy. This woman radiates the joy of the Lord. She laughs when she thinks about the future. In other words, she knows that, man, I am rooted in Christ. My identity is found in Him. I have strength. I have dignity that cannot be shaken. Therefore, in my present circumstances, there is joy in me. And when I look at the future, I laugh. Why? Because I'm confident that the same Jesus that's given me joy today is going to give me joy tomorrow. And this is a... An incredible, incredible woman. So this is the first truth that we see. What makes this woman the greater woman? Well, the first thing is that she exhibits godliness in her walk. Godliness in her walk. Here's number two. Number two is she expresses wisdom and kindness with her words. She expresses wisdom and kindness with her words. I want you to look at verse 26. This is a powerful verse of Scripture that all of us could learn from. Look at verse 26. It says, She opens her mouth. Now, how many of you know people that when they open their mouth, you get nervous in a hurry? Anybody know that person? You're like, I don't know that person. It's probably you, all right? But when she opens her mouth, no one in the room gets nervous. Check that out. Like when she opens her mouth, people want to lean in, not run away. Why? Look what this says. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Man, this woman is really defined by the expression of wisdom and kindness. The word wisdom here literally could be translated to be skillful. Now, this does not mean that she's skillful as in she's an eloquent communicator. The skillfulness is that she understands life. She understands life. Wisdom, biblical wisdom is simply this. It's, It's learning how to see life through God's perspective. That's what godly wisdom is. It's just learning to to see life through God's perspective. And so this woman, when she opens her mouth because she is rooted in the Lord, and that's where her strength is found, because her identity is found in Christ, and because there is a joy in her heart when she walks with the Lord, there is this godliness, this wisdom that comes out of her. She is skilled because she sees life through the perspective of God. When Jesus is where you find your identity and his word is what grounds you, what comes out of you is what's inside of you. And this woman understands, man, really, God has created things and he knows how they work best. And this woman is so familiar with the Lord that she has the skill of understanding life through God's perspective and speaks that into the life of others. Man, what a powerful powerful testimony of this amazing woman. I would just encourage all of us, think we can learn a lot from this Proverbs 31 woman, that our heart, our lives, and our, our inward person of who we are needs to be so filled with the Word of God and our identity rooted in Him so that our life begins to see the world through the lens of God's perspective so that when we open our mouth out of the overflow of the heart, what? the mouth speaks but I love this he says that wisdom and kindness not just wisdom so in other words here's what he's saying here it's not just what she says I mean she's skillful she sees life through God's perspective and she's able to speak truth into people's lives but notice this it's not just what she says it's how she says it that it says wisdom comes out when she opens her mouth but there's also kindness in her tongue So it's not just what she says, it's how she says it. This is beautiful here, kindness. This word kindness here, if you want to circle, this blew my mind. If you want to circle a word in Proverbs 31 that I think would be a powerful word to circle, circle the word kindness. Because this is a word that could be translated, and this throughout the scriptures translated in a variety of ways. It could be translated mercy. It could be translated forbearance it could be translated loving kindness this is a a a word that is most often attributed to God's covenant love for his people it's a steadfast love it's a long-suffering love it's a love that feels with the heart but is determined in the mind and so, check this out. When this woman speaks, when she opens her mouth, th- there is this sense of wisdom, but there's a sense of, I love you. There's this kindness. There's this gentleness. And who does this remind you of? When Jesus came on the scene, what does it say about the character of Jesus? That Jesus came and he was full of grace and what? And truth. Jesus came speaking the wisdom of God into the hearts of man, but he did so with the tenderness and a love and a kindness and a long suffering and a a tenderness that allows people to lean into this. Listen, I want to say to every single person in the room, oh, that we would be known as people who when we interact with those in relationships, whether it's in our home or at our workplace or at the ballpark or wherever it might be, that we would be men and women who would speak the wisdom of God in the loving kindness of God. She is known for this incredible, incredible woman. And here's number three. So, number one, she exhibits godliness in her walk. Number two, she expresses wisdom and kindness in her words. Number three, she exercises diligence in her work. She exercises diligence in her work. It says that she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. I love this. She looks well at the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. One of the things that stands out in this proverb about this woman, this woman who surpasses the greater woman, is that she prioritizes her home in all that she does. It talks specifically not just about her work in general, but her work at the house her work caring for her family and her home. Now listen, I want to say something. I want to make sure that this is crystal clear. I am in no way insinuating to anyone, don't email me, don't comment on Facebook that the pastor is saying that women should just stay at home and not work outside the house. That is not what I'm saying, and that's not what's being implied here in the text. Because if you actually read Proverbs 31, this is a woman who is a beast in business. I mean, this girl is getting it done. She's negotiating at the city gates. She is known for her business wisdom and savviness. She has the ability to uh, trade and make deals. This is a woman who is in the workforce. However, what she does outside of the home does not replace the priority of the home. And see, and this is the distinction. A woman who is greater understands that, yes, I have pursuits and I have gifts that can be used in the community to, to, to work and to serve outside of my home, but my home must always be what's most important. And here is the reality. I think for so many of us, and this is to men And women, this is to both fathers and mothers, husbands and wives. Listen, we've got to understand what God has entrusted to us within our home is the most precious, valuable gift He has ever given us. And for us, any of us, whether it's a husband or a wife, whether it's a a, a mom or a dad, to sacrifice your family on the altar of success, of career is, is a, not only damaging to culture and society, but it is a terrible trade. I've never once in all my years heard someone when they speak and they look back at their childhood said, I wish mom and dad would have worked away from home more. But I have had people say, Man, I wish I had more time. I wish my dad wouldn't have worked so much. I wish my mom would have been more uh, home more with us. I wish we would have had more time in the house of just interacting and engaging with one another. But we were always seem to be busy and chasing the dollar and trying to advance in a greater type of living rather than being home and being a family. And here's what this woman has learned. She has understood, man, I have been trusted with this responsibility of managing my home. And she makes it a priority and she serves her home and she works at home with diligence. Now, I will say this. My my wife's sitting here with me, and uh, we made the decision. She really made the decision years ago. She works. She's a school teacher, but she made the decision regardless of what she does. She was going to always make sure that the home was priority, that what, what happens in our house would be your highest agenda. And I'll tell you this. A decision we pray about, talked about, and she's obviously lived out. And I'm telling you, there is no regrets. We're into this thing nearly 20 years, and yesterday just celebrated a 15 year old uh, birthday. And listen, that's that's one of the best decisions we've ever made. That's one of the most, um, as we look back, one of the most divine things that we've been able to really hone in on as a family is for my wife to be able to make home her greatest priority. And I'll tell you, we are seeing in the lives of our kids the fruit of that decision. So moms, I want to encourage you. Ladies, I want to encourage you. Listen, use your gifts. Pursue your career. Do the things that you know that you are gifted at and engage with community, but make sure that in the midst of all of this, that you don't forsake what matters most, which is your family and your home. And see what happens when these three qualities are here. Think about this. She exhibits godliness in her walk. She expresses wisdom and kindness with her words. She exercises diligence in her work. Look at the outcome of this. Look at the, the fruit of this. Verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. That doesn't mean that. Look, look. How many mothers this morning, your kids walked up to you and said, Mom, we are so blessed. Anybody? I didn't think so. So he's not talking about today. He's saying, Listen. You live like this. You live like this. You pursue God in this way. And there's a day coming where it may be years from now, decades from now, where your kids are gonna look back at the summation of your life and they're gonna go, man, what a blessing mom was to us. Her children will rise up and they'll look at her and they'll go, man, we are, we are blessed. Moms, I know sometimes you don't feel that you're appreciated in that way. But I want to encourage you to look at your life. Listen to this. Look at your life as a woman and a mother through the lens of legacy, not the momentary seasons you find yourself in. The summation of your life is not defined by your single years, your early married years, your raising little kid years, your graduating kids out of college years. Your life will be measured By the length, but not necessarily by the length, listen, but by the way in which you leveraged the life that God has given you. Living, pursuing God, honoring Him in all your decisions, allowing your family to see what it looks like to walk with Him. And, And when your life is over, whether it's cut off short or whether you live to a nice old age, and I'll let you define what that old age is. What you will leave behind is what's most important, and that's a legacy. say, what is a legacy? A legacy is simply this. Listen, it's living a life that makes a difference even after you're gone. And so here's what I want to do this morning. I'm going to grab this little stool, and I want to talk to our ladies this morning. And I want to glean some wisdom because as I think about this uh, conversation, as I think about this message, and just the, the, the points in this message, um, honestly, I think of, of you ladies. I mean, there's obviously so many more ladies in our church that I feel like uh, would be qualified as well. But, man, you, you really uh, pursue the Lord. And so I'd love for you all to speak into this. So let's just kind of jump in. Since you, when we talk about this exhibiting uh, godliness in the walk, this woman, you know, exemplifies this pursuit of God. Um, this is not something that happens on accident. Um, So what are some of the disciplines that you've learned in your life? If you want to be this type of godly woman, what are some of the things that you know is a must for any woman that wants to pursue the Lord?
1: Pastor, I believe that you can't be what you can't see. Mm. So I had to see godly women in my life. I saw my grandmothers. I saw my Sunday school teachers. And they saw uh, the the gifts of God in me. And they spoke that forth. So as a child, that's how I did it. When I came to the States, I didn't have my mom with me, my grandmothers, my Sunday school teachers. So what I learned is to uh, on purpose seek out uh, older women, just like it says in Titus 2, who will train me to love my husband, love my kids, be godly, be pure. To be a homemaker, some of them looked at me and said, "Oh Lord, this child from Brazil, she doesn't know how to make roast. Let's help Zeke out." <laughs> so, I mean, they've helped me out with everything. So uh, that spiritual mentorship has helped me. They've helped me to love the Lord of the Word of God, and um, as Titus two says, so that the Word of God won't be defamed. It seems like you know. Because of our lives, you know, we can either help the word of God or defame it. So looking at those lives, you know, you can be what you can see. Um, I have, you know, learned uh, what you're speaking about.
0: Yeah. And one of the things, I, I, you, you and I have talked conversations about this mentoring sh- and, and discipleship. of you're, You don't passively just let women walk in your life. You actually will see someone that you see something in them that you're like, man, that's a godly trait that I want. And you pursue that, Right.
1: I do, uh, and I pray about it as well. And it's amazing how, if you pray about it, God will answer you, and He will connect your hearts. But it has to be on purpose; otherwise, it just doesn't really happen.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, this 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 walk with Jesus is not easy. And you would think, in a season of quarantine, that all of a sudden we'd be spending hours in prayer more than we ever did. And but now we're we're, we're finding ourselves struggling even in the in the daily grind. How, have you ever struggled with your walk with Jesus? Because I think. That's the question many of your women are, are asking is, is, am I the only one? So talk about that. Is there a struggle that any of you have with your walk?
2: Yeah, I mean, I know for myself, it's, um, I'm in the season of toddlerhood and about to have a baby on the way. And so there are many other things throughout the day that, um, that come up other than pursuing Jesus and that take my mind away from that. And so I've blown it many times. Hello,
3: I think, too, um, we have so many things pulling us in so many different directions. And there's so many wonderful things and so many things um, with my children and my husband that are all great things. But so many times I put those things before my pursuit of Jesus. And I can tell when I'm pursuing other things, even though they're good things, that my pursuit of Jesus is um, falling by the wayside. And that flushes itself out than in my relationships with others. And so just that need to be so strongly rooted, it, it takes work and it takes time to put that as a priority, but it's the greatest thing we can ever do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I just think, I, I, you know, for all of us, whether you're a man or a woman or whatever, we, we, we ask ourselves the question we go through those seasons where their walk has struggled, like, I feel like I'm the only one. It's just great to know that there are some godly folks that, that can say, hey, I'm in this with you and I struggle just like you do. Um, but we have to be intentional. Stephanie, I want you to kind of talk about something for us. You know, this woman in this passage, it says that strength and then dignity. This is the idea of respect or identity. Her identity is obviously rooted in Jesus. So just as a woman who is, is pursuing the Lord and wants to walk in this dignity, how do you find in your life the ability to balance who you are in Jesus versus what you do for your family?
2: Yeah, I think as a mother... There are a lot of things that can make you feel not dignified. I mean, you know, the throw up and the things and the food and the <laughs> all of the stuff that's not very glamorous. But um, I think a constant reminder that I have to give myself is that you know, if um, all the things that I do in the day, that the cleaning up, the the things that seem so trivial, that's not that is not who I am. If you know, if a day is going great and the house is perfect, um, that's still not my identity, that is not, you know, that doesn't put worth on me as a woman or as a mom and a wife. Um, so I think that, you know, for me, if I know that we're going to be in the playroom a lot of the day or in the living room, just having a Bible there, whether or not I pick it up every day, but just knowing if I can have five minutes, it might not be a deep study, but if, like you said, full, like filling our minds, filling our hearts with the word of God, reminding constant reminders um, from truth of who I am uh, that helps my mind and my heart stay on the right track and finding my dignity and identity in Christ.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So think about this for a second. The, the woman who is watching um, right now or in the room right now, and man, they're just discontent with their present circumstances you know it talks about this woman laughs at the future and you know and so there's this sense of happy now and confident about the future so i know that there's a lot of people that's not their story they just feel very discontent with where they are and they look at the future almost with with a lack of hope what would you say to that person who may be watching or here that's experiencing that anybody
4: i think pastor i would just tell them just don't lose heart just keep going and you know if if she's a Christ follower. If you have Christ's spirit in you, then he will be the one that will guide you and help, um, help those fruits of the spirit come up in your life. And so I would just tell her to keep going and to not lose heart and to find some community and find encouragement and to know that uh, Christ will give her that strength to get through. And maybe she didn't have that example, you know, but that um, she's got that power within her um, just to, to follow him, you know. That's really good. Yeah.
0: Lean into the Lord, lean into community. That's really, really great. Um, I mean, again, I, I think sometimes isolation or feeling like we're the only ones that have gone through that. But I think that's, a, that's something that many people, not just ladies, but, but, but women, many women feel themselves in that because there's so many expectations from family and life and demands. Um, anybody else want to speak into that?
1: I think the social media and the digital world lies to us a lot when it comes to that, you know, everybody's life is perfect. Well, you know, (laughs) let's have a cup of tea. Let me tell you really what's happening. So I feel like um, we have to decide we're going to speak the truth and we're going to find one person. Don't do it on the internet. Like find somebody once it's legal, right? Uh, Just to meet face to face and just to speak the truth. So that that person can change a perspective as in, like, here's what the word of God says, you know. They'll listen to you and then they'll help you, you know, kind of walk out what you're going through. But we just have to decide, we're just not going to lie. We're just going to be truthful about where we are so that our sister in Christ can walk with us towards the better that God has for us.
0: Yeah, now that's really good. And I love how both of you have kind of approached this Is that. This leaning into the Lord and leaning into community is a necessity, but you got to push away from all the lies. you got to push away from the social media and all of the, what you're being bombarded with and find a real-life person who walks with Jesus and, and really let them speak some truth into your life. That's really, really good. Um, Lauren, I want to ask you this. You, you've got two young boys at the home, and I know just from uh, our life, and I know this is the same for uh, all of the, the families in the room, uh, you play 20 questions all day long. And so, in the midst of being, here's, I just kind of made a list here, uh, as you navigate through being the advice giver, referee, counselor, life coach, um, you know, person who's managing everything in between, how do you, how do you find the patience and the grace um, to speak and use words that are wise and kind? And
4: <laughs> Appreciate this question, Pastor. Um, I feel like I've been playing referee a lot lately. Yes. Um, but I... I think I was just taking notes from your message and um, just that wisdom that only comes from the Lord. And I think with my boys especially, it's it's not me losing it with them um, when they upset me or I'm trying to parent them through something. But it's just me taking a moment. Yeah. Um, and it's me pausing and asking God... Um, to, to be that fence so I don't go crazy, you know, asking him to help me um, with that self-control before I parent them and point them to Jesus. Um, and I think the the next question about just being kind, I like to, you know, just I love the scripture that we went through this morning, but I've just always tried to tell Brock and Colton, um, you know, it's one thing as a Christ follower to model being friendly to others. I think that that is just points others to him, but it's another thing to be kind to others, and Mm -hmm. that is what shows our care, um, for that's, that's when they, when they go to that child and ask them to come sit with them, or when they look out for that kid that doesn't have a friend, that's what shows the kindness of God, and so, um, You know, that doesn't always come easy. And there are times um, that as a mama, wisdom and kindness, that is not my um, first nature all the time. Um, But it's just asking God for that and um, just just helping asking him to show me the ways um, for it's different for each one of my boys that I can kind of help parent them and point them to Jesus so that they will have his traits of that.
0: That's great. That's great. That's the wisdom there of, of being able to see your, your kids as, as individuals. But, but asking the Lord to give you wisdom, especially when you're, you're feeling that, that fatigue. So how many, how many of you, raise your hand on stage, if you've ever blown it with your words? With, with, yeah, okay. So, um, so anybody in the room, raise your hand to that. you ever blown it? Yeah, okay. Anybody watching online? Stop pointing at people. This is, you can't do that. So here's the, here's the thing. I think we all you know, blow it at times. And I think the, the, the answer to this is, is that being able to humble ourselves and, and acknowledge that, but then asking the Lord to give us that wisdom like you were talking about, of pressing into him in those, those moments. So, Adrian, I mentioned a second ago about uh, you, know, you made the decision just to prioritize home. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you love to do and are good at, but you've made the decision even when, as you work now, um, to make home a pri- priority and the, and the thousand things that it takes to manage at home. Give us one or two practical things that maybe would be helpful to someone who wants to just be a better manager of their house.
3: Yeah, I, I've been on both sides of it, the the stay-at-home mom role and then now the working mom. And just what I've realized is it takes, one, just a, a deep walk with the Lord to prepare me each day for the things I'm going to to try and accomplish and face, but just to, to really focus on the things that really, really matter. And the things that really, really matter are my home and speaking godliness into my kids and all of that. And so to prioritize my home looks very practical as far as I may have to be staying up a little bit later than I probably would want to to be able to accomplish the things that I need to for my children or for my husband. But before I go to bed at night, that I have done everything I can to make sure that that day is finished and tidied up and I've accomplished the things I want to. And then go ahead and looking forward to the next day and trying to get ahead of the game to make sure that that day is going to run just as smoothly. And then when the days don't run smoothly, just try and do a better job the next day. But understanding that I'm going to put the majority of my time into the people that I love so much and the things that they need. And then God amazingly gives me the ability to then also focus on the things that he's gifted me in teaching and all these other things. But I'm so thankful that he gives me the opportunity to love my family well.
0: That's good. That's good. And, and since you you're a communications director. And so uh, that's a busy job here at New Beginnings, especially during COVID-19. Uh, so how do you balance career and home?
1: I believe in priorities and standards. So my priority is God, Zeke, and the kids. It is easier to serve all of those people if I'm healthy. Mm -hmm. So God is a priority. Like I'm going to read the Bible. There's no excuse. I'm always studying. I'm always reading. I'm going to exercise. Because there's high blood pressure, diabetes in my family. And looking long-term. Like, I wanna be healthy, so I'm gonna do everything that I can in order to do that better. And when it comes to my career, my standards are the same. I don't get lazy, I have mentors, I stay engaged, I stay like, I think, like, what's gonna happen, what's gonna, like, how can I enhance my career, how can I have help people that are helping me. So, priorities and standards, and then I take small steps.
0: That's good. Very, very good. Um, and I think, you know, all of this kind of comes to different seasons of life, and, and Stephanie, you're in a season where you're focusing solely on being home. I mean, you you've uh, are very gifted as a music teacher, and uh, but you you're kind of in a season where your your boy and on, the one on the way is is your priority. Talk to us about what a blessing this season of life has been for you. Not easy, but but it's been a blessing for you. Talk about that.
2: Yeah, definitely, it is. Um, I mean, you know. The decision to stay home was something that Brad and I prayed through, but it was definitely something I felt called to, absolutely. I mean, the blessing of getting to be home with James is that I, you know, I'm the main person that's speaking into him, whether that's words of life or sometimes on bad days it's not. And, um, you know, the blessing is that we're working this out together. He sees me mess up, and hopefully he sees he's seeing me ask for forgiveness and learn how, you know, when we're in the middle of a timeout sometimes mommy needs the timeout too and maybe it's just a simple prayer that i say out loud really for me but with him you know holding his hands um he doesn't really understand what's going on but i know that that that's fruit those are seeds being planted and so just the blessing of of being able to be used by god in that way um, as a full-time mom being home with him um and also just being home has given me the space um, to invest and pour into other moms who are at home, whether that's getting together to go on a walk or just encouraging um, or serving at church as well. It's really like giving me the margin to do that.
0: That's really, really good. I love the, the, the thought of, man, I, I get to speak into his life. I get to be the sole voice that's pouring into him. It's such a uh, pivotal age for their minds to be shaped and, and uh, identity be formed. And so that's, a, that's powerful there. Lauren, we've had the privilege of, of hanging out with your mom some, who is just precious. I mean, she is a doll, and she may be watching, so you can say Happy Mother's Day to her in a moment. But uh, so, and your dad was in ministry um, before he passed away. He was a pastor for years. Um, so you kind of, you're in a part of a legacy that's been established for you. So, how, how important for is it for you, and, and what are some ways that you're continuing that legacy?
4: Well, I just, I love my mama, and um, she. I think Mama is just very gentle. She never complains. Um, She is rooted in God's word. And so I've always, my brother and I have always seen her be rooted in God's word. Um, But we've seen her actions, which has showed us a lot more. And so I think I've seen her love others as a pastor's wife. Um, And then I've also seen uh, Mama just be uh, strong and um, stay steady through the loss of my father and then through the loss of my grandmother, her mom, within the next year and a half. And um, she, is, she is grieved with hope. And so um, I just see she still has a purpose and she still serves and, and gives and goes on mission trips. And um, so mom is just an example to me. Um, and, and I've just been blessed, her mom and, and my Baba and my Gamal. Um, were strong godly women and so mom looked after uh, to them you know and their example of Christ and so um, I do have a a rich heritage and and I thank God for that and I just I feel blessed by her and um, we just need to get her out to East Texas more
0: so (laughs) that's good well I love that um and so Adrian for you what what's how important is leaving a legacy for you
3: yeah, it's it's so important because I think we need to realize that we're building our legacy right now and and this morning as I woke up the first thing I did was text my mom and I was just sending her a quick little text but I was speaking what her legacy is to me as I was texting her and I was telling her all these wonderful things about who she is and who she's made me to be. And mom, I love you. You are (laughs) amazing. And she, she's that person even now at 38 years old, if she's at my house, she's up before we are because she's sitting at my bar reading her Bible. And so those little things matter. And so I want to leave a legacy for my children, for anyone who is, who, who is watching my life that, that man, mom, she loved Jesus first she was so rooted in the gospel, and she taught us the Bible, and, and yes, I make mistakes every single day, and I know there's so many areas that I, I need to grow in, but my number one pursuit should be for that legacy to be, she just loved Jesus with her whole heart, because that, to me, is the greatest legacy that anyone can leave, and I know for my mom, that's the legacy that she has left me, is that she, she loves Jesus fiercely, and so that's the kind of woman I want to be as well.
0: That's awesome. Cynthia, so what about the woman who she doesn't have the legacy that's being described here? Um, Many of you, you, this is your life. I mean, your family's, you know, kind of laid the foundation. But there are some women, they don't have that. There's no reference point. How would you encourage the woman who hasn't had the legacy? Because we talked about this as well. Um, Mother's Day can be a pretty sad day for a lot of people because their mother didn't give them the love and the nurture and the care um, that uh, they wish they would have gotten. So what would you say to that woman?
1: I'd say, uh, first of all, we feel your heart, and uh, we feel your pain, and so does God. And you have to start somewhere, right? In the Bible, we saw that Abraham was the first one, and then God showed him something, right? So in your case, you can be the first woman, and God shows you wonderful things in his word, and we as the community of Christ, we're here also just to show you just to pull out like the godliness that's inside of you. So you can start somewhere by, you know, just saying, God, I don't have four generations of Christians in my family, but here I am willing to serve you and just send me somebody to help me out. And as soon as we open the doors and everybody can come in, like there's going to be a bunch of spiritual mothers ready to receive you, to teach you the ways of God so that you can pass on to your kids. I feel like our Sunday school teachers are a blessing. Because they help me out a lot. Like they teach godliness godliness to my children. Mm. I taught my children how to pray. But then when I listen to them praying, I also hear their Sunday school teachers. Mm. So that's somebody else that can help you. So don't feel like, I don't have a legacy. I can't do it. God can start with you. And he can do a wonderful thing.
0: That's good. That's good. All right. So we're going to wrap up. And I told you we're going to do this at the very end. Um, Ten seconds to give a summary statement. Just a word of encouragement to Someone who is watching or in the room today, and uh, since I do such a great job as a pastor of never going over the time given to me, we're going to hold you accountable to ten seconds. All right. That was so much sarcasm. All right. So who wants to go first? Who's going first? I'll go first. All right. Sure.
2: Okay. I would just say to the moms in a similar season of life and toddler and babyhood, God sees you. You are not alone. Um, the the everyday tasks of behavior correction and um, just the constant things that feel meaningless, they mean something. And you are um, truly planting seeds and uh, God sees you every day at home with those babies.
1: That's good. I'm next. Here's what I have. Stand in your confidence. God is for you. You cannot live by carbs alone but by every word that comes out of this book. So we have to keep our nose in this book.
3: That's good. Um, treasure the day. So many times we want to fast forward and go on to the next day or look down the road, but treasure the day because God has blessed you for today. And God will give you everything he needs for you to do a great job as a mom today. But don't, I war against wishing for the future and just treasure the day. It's a blessing each and every day that you have with your kids and your family and just be thankful for it.
4: I would say remove the busyness. I think that's all that we've all learned about that the last couple months. Um, Make your children a priority. Hold them close. And ladies, take a nap today. Okay, I love
0: you. (laughs) That's good. I love take a nap. Listen, I want to do something as we wrap up uh, the morning. I just want to pray a blessing over all of the moms who are watching, all the moms that are in the room today, and, and encourage Families, Love on your mom. Um, Care for her today. Let her know how much you appreciate her. Um, But I want to pray a blessing over uh, just uh, all of the mothers, all of the women um, who may be watching today are in this room. So I'm just going to bow your heads if you would, and let's just ask the Lord's blessing. Uh, Father, we love you, and we thank you for the gift, uh, God, of just all of the ladies, all of the women that you have brought into our life. For those who are watching online, for those in this room, God, I just praise that every single single one of these women would know that they are loved by you, they were valued by you, their identity is rooted in you, and that they would exhibit in their life godliness in their walk. Father, I thank you, Lord, specifically for the mothers. God, I pray that you would give them strength, Lord, the wisdom of investing in their families. Fill them with your wisdom. Let the loving kindness of Christ flow through their life. And Father, as they go about the task of this, the grind of all the daily things that are expected of them, give them strength that's found in you to serve well, to leave a legacy. God, we thank you for all of these ladies all of these mothers, and we pray a special blessing over them. In Jesus' name, amen.